0: River Map Radio. Welcome to RiverMap Radio. RiverMap Radio is a student-created and student-executed production of OCOM student Media. This show was made possible through the support of the OCOM Student Association, OCOM faculty and staff, and with the participation of student volunteers. Welcome to RiverMap Radio. I am your host, Travis Cunningham. Today, the topic of our show will be what it's like to be a Chinese medicine student. And we have a lovely panel here to discuss this topic with us. We have Brian Lee, who is a one of four, meaning that he is a first-year student on the four-year track of the program. He recently moved to Portland from Northern Virginia with Curiosity and Optimism, Ryan is interested in growing more in the light of compassion and empathy while learning the healing art of Chinese medicine. It's great to have you here, buddy. Thanks for being a part of the show.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: (laughs) Next, we have Leah Rainer, who is a four of four, meaning she's in her fourth year of the four-year program. She's currently in clinic. She moved to Portland from the icy tundra of upstate New York of which I also hail from. <laughs> she loves studying herbal medicine and wants to be a part of bridging Chinese medicine and making it accessible to new communities. Leah, it's lovely to have you here. Thanks for being a part of this. Thank you. Last but certainly not least, we have Sarah Carboneau, who is a two of four year student whose lifelong fascination with East Asian culture and philosophy brought her to Ocom all the way from the East Coast. Sarah, you rock. Thanks for taking the time to be here.
2: Thanks for having me.
0: Okay, so the flow of this show, we do have a few questions that we will sort of initiate conversation with, but we want it to be as organic as possible. We want to give people a realistic view of what it's like to be a Chinese medicine student. So let's jump right in. What drew you into Chinese medicine in the first place? And Leah, do you want to take the, uh, the ball with that one?
3: Sure, yeah. Um, I was a sociology major in my undergrad, which uh, was really interesting for me because it let me explore uh, a lot of different ideas and perspectives. But when I graduated, I realized I wasn't really certified to do much other than maybe sell insurance or be a caseworker and neither of those really appealed to me so I was living back with my parents and made a list of the things that were important to me and from what I can remember of that list uh, there was um, helping people doing something that I believed in doing something that I could sustain and that could sustain me and I weighed a few things. Uh, I think my dad had sub- suggested naturopathic medicine first, and that was the first thing I looked into that felt really exciting, but um, Western sciences have never been like completely my favorite thing to study, and so when I looked at the course requirements for that, I was a little bit turned off and... Uh, My mom suggested acupuncture because it was sort of in a similar vein. And as soon as she said that, it was like a light bulb went off. And here I am.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Brian, do you have something to say? Sure. Um, What drew me to um, traditional Chinese medicine or oriental medicine, um, so my undergrad, I've studied biology in hopes of going into medical school. And, And partially my parents were like, Suggesting, you know, you should go into the medical field. And so I wanted to go into this field of medicine. So I took biology. But there was something lacking um, when I was studying biology and chemistry and science. There's this part of me that was lacking in study. So I explored more and I jumped into religious studies. And that filled into the lack of what I was feeling. And I wanted to incorporate both into the studies I learned in science, studies I that done in religious studies, and I felt like the melding of both of those fields, it vibrated with me with the traditional Chinese medicine, the oriental medicine, and so that's how I got into um, the oriental medicine aspect, and one thing led to another, and here I am at El That's really cool, man. Mm -hmm. Um, It just
0: occurred to me that I haven't introduced myself, (laughs) Uh, so... um, Yes, I am a two-of-three-year student. I'm also from upstate New York, like Leah, and I majored in religion and philosophy as an undergraduate student, which is kind of what made me think of that with your answer. Uh And I got really into uh, Eastern philosophy and Taoism in undergrad. And then after school, I moved out to Los Angeles for two years. I was pretty much living with my younger brother, not Mm -hmm. sure what I wanted to do with my life which I'm sure a lot of people can relate to, (laughs) Um, knew that I wanted to help somebody, knew that I wanted to do something that was organized and that had history behind it, but wasn't resonant with Western medicine um, or even really naturopathic medicine. And it just clicked through a series of circumstances that Chinese medicine was the right thing for me to do next. Mm -hmm. And uh, eventually I found my way to Ocom. So that's kind of my introduction. Let me let me just re uh, ask the question. So, what drew you into Chinese medicine in the first place?
2: Uh, so, my senior year in college, I was visiting some friends in San Francisco, and it was my first time on the West Coast. And the family I was staying with was like, "Oh, like, have you ever had acupuncture?" And I was like, "No," because on the East Coast, it's less common, and um, they were shocked. And they're like, oh, well, you have to go see our acupuncturist. We'll pay for it. You know, just go have fun. And so I went and I saw him and it was a totally different healthcare experience from what I was used to. And it was the first time that I felt really seen and cared for as a whole person. And I just thought it was really beautiful, and I was touched by it. I cried. And um, (laughs) (laughs) anyway, I saw him a couple times while I was there because it was so powerful for me. And at one point, he was like, you know, I could see you being an acupuncturist. And I was like, huh, that's really interesting. I will definitely give that some thought. And here I am.
0: That is so cool. Let's jump into our second question here. Um, So what is Chinese medicine like um, in the context of the people that live where you're from? So what is it like to them? And uh, Sarah, do you want to take the first stance?
2: Yeah, so kind of like what I was saying. um, I most recently am from New York and the D.C. areas. And on the East Coast, I think that acupuncture and well, I would say acupuncture is known. I'm not sure that Chinese medicine as a whole is really acknowledged. I think there's definitely people there who do or go to acupuncture often enough and appreciate it and love it, but they're a very small segment of the population. And on the whole, a lot of people, if you bring up acupuncture or Chinese medicine, they'll be like, oh, well, like, you know, what is that for? Like, why do you go to it? I think they're curious about it and they don't really have a good grasp on what it is, what it does, what it's for, what it treats. So I think it's something of an anomaly, really. Yeah.
1: Yeah. For sure. So um, I'm from Northern Virginia area, so DC area, the greater DC, Maryland, Virginia, that urban area. And there's a big community there. There's this big Asian community there as well. And so, uh, especially because I'm Korean and the Korean community acknowledges both the Western medicine and the traditional Chinese medicine, Oriental medicine. And in Korea, especially, they use both of the healthcare system. And it's not very strange at all. But here in the U.S., there's, like, divided line between, oh, it's just Western medicine on the side. It's complementary. It's Chinese medicine, acupuncture on the side, not side by side. Hmm. So my parents definitely love both of the idea of taking care of yourself. You use acupuncture and Chinese medicine. And anything emergency-wise, you go to Western medicine. So in their mind, that's what they understand of medicine. But... Um, Few of my, my friends, uh, my group of peers, um, some of them really embrace the idea of holistic medicine, in- integrative medicine, acupuncture. But I have other spectrum of friends who are very logical in a sense, like that seems very hoodoo, voodoo, chi, can you explain it in scientific data and sciences? So I have various group of friends who have different ideas of what traditional Chinese medicine is. So it sometimes can be easy to relate to, sometimes hard to explain to my friends. So it's a lot of different spectrum there. For sure. So a question
0: arose in me as you were going through mm-hmm. your, your thing there. Uh, what is holistic medicine
1: to you? So the holistic medicine for me is taking care of a system of a body part, an organ. You don't look at things in isolating your, your health as a totality. So your overall status of your health, your emotional, uh, your mental state, and everything encompassing. So not in isolation. That's what I think when I think of holistic medicine.
0: I like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was saying to Sarah earlier on before we started recording here that I like Chinese medicine because it focuses on treating the person instead of a set of symptoms, Mm -hmm. which um, is another thing that kind of drew me to this field in particular. Mm Mm-hmm. Leah, do you have anything you want to say about this?
3: I think we're all from the East Coast, which is (laughs) interesting, because I think Ocom is mostly West Coasters, Uh but anyway. It it feels like home. (laughs) 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 It's actually funny, because I've been doing some research into acupuncture in my hometown recently, because I'm looking into going back there, and... Almost every acupuncturist's website that I've found in my hometown very exclusively markets themselves for pain and treating pain. And when I talk to people, that's usually the only thing they tend to know that it's for. Maybe they also know, oh, I, I knew somebody who treated their allergies with that do you think that's helpful and it's like well yeah the thing is about Chinese medicine is that for thousands of years it wasn't alternative medicine it was just medicine and so it's an entire body of medicine that we can use to treat anything it just looks a little different than what we're used to here and so I'm really excited about the idea of Going there and bringing these ideas and being able to market myself as like sure yeah if your shoulder hurts come see me and we'll work that out but also like bring bring me anything and we can work on it they don't even do there's nobody doing herbs there which blows my mind yeah they don't even have a western herb shop
0: yeah definitely that's actually a really good question how many does everybody plan on going back once they finish school maybe Leah you can start with that one
3: yeah there's some conversations happening right now about potential opportunities in my hometown as kind of a, at least a starting platform. Um, and then, you know, anything can happen from there. I might stay or I might go somewhere else in the East Coast, but my whole family lives back there and they're really important to me. Um, there's so much that I love about the West Coast too. And so thinking about leaving is hard but yeah, I'm fairly sure on any given day that I'll be going back east.
1: Brian, what about you, man? So for me, I mean, I'm first of four years, mm. and so it's too early to say. Lots of time. I just, <laughs> I'm, really, I'm really enjoying Portland. It's a very new environment. I mean, this is from coast to coast, you sure. know, like I'm more, I'm in the state of exploring, and learning more about the West Coast, and so it's it is early for me to say if I want to stay here and go back. But all of my I mean, my family members are there. My friends are there. So it's too early to tell. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude, I can totally relate. Sarah, mm. what about you? What are your What are
0: your <coughs> thoughts?
2: Even as a second of four year, I feel like it's a bit early for me to say. Yeah. Um, I have considered going back to DC. I think it would be a really cool and potent place to work just because it's really the city and the country where I experience people wanting to change the world all the time and i think being able to you know show people alternative forms of health care and influence them that way could be really powerful so i've given that some thought but i really have no set plans yet
0: that makes sense yeah i mean i'm two almost two years well like a year and a half through the three-year track right mm-hmm. and i still don't know where i'm gonna go um i think that's one of the big questions that we're all faced both In the beginning and successively, as we move through the program, um, I can't imagine moving back to my hometown. (laughs) I just just can't imagine that. I love my family and I love certain friends I have back there, but uh, I can't imagine thriving in that environment. But I also don't really see myself sticking around in Portland, so I don't know where I'll be next. That's definitely one thing that I'm looking forward to um unraveling over the next uh year and a half
3: you can come open a clinic with me yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah for sure <laughs>
0: okay the next question is what is the most impactful experience you've had surrounding chinese medicine either in school or elsewhere
1: mm-hmm. brian you want to take that sure on so um i think my situation is a bit unique too, because I wasn't born in the US. So I was born in Korea. And for me, my knowledge, when it comes to health, and taking care of myself, I've always had experience with, you know, traditional Chinese medicine. So when I was a little kid, I have memories, recollection of how I hated drinking that potent Chinese, (laughs) I call it the black water, and the the, decoction. And I thought I was drinking some kind of toxin, like poison. So I have that kind of memory with my childhood memory with me and also it's remembering how western medicine they gave you like cherry flavored syrup <laughs> great but i always prefer overdose than chinese medicine so <laughs> For sure, yeah. i have experience of um, oriental medicine and herbology ever since i was a little kid and it's funny how i'm in this you know in u.s learning about traditional Chinese medicine and how I can go back and look and look back and say oh, I'm retouching my roots my my Korean roots and learning this medicine um, has really opened my eyes how it can impact people with their preventative health it's been really great um, learning this medicine again and how I can relate to now and how I can apply in, in the future comes so yeah. i have a question for you sure. specifically
0: um have you looked into
1: specifically korean medicine like korean offshoots of oh an- the traditional medicine yeah 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 Yeah, so that's another thing because i definitely want to continue my education after my four years and masters and i was thinking i will love to go to china to for an externship but there's a traditional korean medicine uh-huh. offshoot of it and um we have a really good institution in Korea. Uh, it's called Kyung Hee University, and they have a hospital where they utilize both Western medicine and Oriental medicine, Korean traditional medicine. And there, I love how they utilize both. Like, so I'll get refer from Oriental medicine to Western doctor, and the Western doctor will refer back to the Oriental doctor, Korean uh, traditional Korean doctors. And I like I like how they can both utilize both of those fields to help me get better at myself in terms of health. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
0: One of the themes of uh, this show, the intentionality behind it, Mm -hmm. is integration Mm -hmm. with integrity. Mm -hmm. Me and um, my good buddy, Travis Kern, have talked a lot about this, where um, we want to expose people to these different perspectives on medicine and health and while at the same time helping them remain with an integrity of their roots mm-hmm. and uh, see where we can go from there. Right, Sarah, do you want to?
2: Yeah, I think one of my most impactful experiences was that first time with the first practitioner I saw. I remember him reading my pulse and just sort of telling me some things about myself without having ever really spoken to him before and just being really moved by that. But um, one of my best friends, uh, who I've known for about 10 years now, I brought her into the clinic last year uh, to see Emily Morrison. And she's just had digestive problems for a really, really long time. And I've kind of watched her suffer with that throughout college and everything. And anyway, just through some acupuncture and herbs and like some suggestions from her, she actually was able to make really big differences in her digestive health and it was really cool to see that happen for someone who i love and care about so much and through means that were relatively like simple and straightforward for her and that didn't require you know anything invasive so that was very powerful for me as well
0: i think one of the challenges we face as students is that we come into this this medicine particularly if we're born in the West and we have these ideas of like, what is medicine, Mm -hmm. what is actually medicine? And then we go, we find some affinity with uh, Chinese medicine or Korean medicine. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole different perspective as to what that is and then what that entails and how you would go about treating somebody. And it's, even though you you like it and you, you really resonate with it and you want to believe that it's going to work, It's so cool to have those confirmatory experiences where you're treated or you're treating someone and wow, it really makes a difference. To share a short experience of mine, I can remember observing in the clinic uh, last spring and um, sometimes the intern that I was following wouldn't have a patient in the slot of time that was uh, potentially open so she would treat me. And the supervisor would come in and do part of the intake with the intern. And I can remember going in there with a headache, just a simple headache. And it was kind of like in the front of my head. And he came in the door and I can remember him going over to my foot and pressing on a point just lateral to my second toe. And as he was pressing on this point on my foot, my headache completely went away. And like that, that's just the kind of experience that you have. And then of course, like letting up the pressure, the headache returned. But then you have a treatment protocol for how to do that. And they treated me afterwards and then the headache was gone, right? But it's stuff like that that's just so cool because it's instant. And I think one of the reasons that people find out about Chinese medicine in particular with pain is because it's a super obvious example of, oh, wow, I'm in such pain. And now somebody needles my foot and my head instantly gets better. Leah, do you want to share some?
3: Well, yeah, just coming off of what you were just saying, too, I think in our culture, we're so used to those immediate fixes that um, we come to, you know, we just come to expect that if we have a pain or something, we take ibuprofen and it goes away. And Chinese medicine tends to be more of a gradual experience. So, yeah, sometimes we do have these amazing things where I went in with a headache, usually with more acute things, right? Like I have this headache or this cold that I just got yesterday, and I went in and I had this treatment and I took these herbs for a day, and I'm like so much better. And that's amazing when that happens. But I think people tend to not get sold right away, so to speak, because uh, we're used to all of these immediate gratification things. And if you've had something for a really long time, it's going to take a long time to resolve. And it's so funny how many times I'll hear patients say, well, I tried acupuncture before, but it didn't really work. And we say, okay, well, how many times did you go? Well, once. It's not probably going to do something most of the time in just one treatment. Um, or it, it does, but it's subtle. And so we don't notice it right away. We're, I think you're right with pain. That is something that can be a little bit quicker, although I'm hesitant to say that because that's it's not true across the board. But uh, what was the question that we're really talking uh, so, about? So
0: loosely, <laughs> <laughs> uh, an impactful experience that oh. you've had with the medicine.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Well... So, yeah, okay, I I have conversations a lot. Um, I live with two other students from OCOM, and we talk all the time, and one of them in particular, we talk a lot about, like, self-transformation and these things that come up, and she asks me a lot about, like, like how have you changed through going to OCOM, and what what's happened, and what have been these transformational moments for you? And it's always hard for me to answer because like the medicine, it's been gradual. And I know, like, if I look at myself now, and I look at myself when I started, I have definitely changed dramatically. But to pinpoint specific moments, I don't know if I can do that. Uh, As a patient, I've had treatments that have been really helpful. I, I deal a lot with anxiety, and that's what I'll go see an acupuncturist for a lot. And I find that that's been really helpful and i've had moments of relief that have been unlike anything else i've experienced so those those have been pretty impactful yeah
0: yeah yeah absolutely so what what changes have you guys experienced as you've gone through the program and this is kind of cool too because we have a trajectory leah is in her final year of the program Mm -hmm. whereas sarah is you know, in her second mm-hmm. year and Brian, you're in your first year. So let's go to Sarah uh, next and then Brian. Sure. So we have a trajectory kind of the of the way down here.
2: Studying Chinese medicine in some ways has helped me integrate like my different qualities, my different sides, the part of me that likes to be social, the part of me that likes to be intellectual and read and study. And I think it has helped me become more comfortable expressing all of those different sides of myself and is still especially at this period of time I feel encouraging me to find a balance between them all I think it is just always sort of opening doors for me inside of myself like well how do you feel about living your life in one way or another like what I think it challenges me in terms of who I'm comfortable being what I like expressing what I like and being someone that I admire I've asked myself a lot of, a lot of uh, deep questions through studying this medicine.
1: Very cool, Brian. Do you wanna take? Oh sure. Yeah. So, I moved here September first, yeah. and now it's been three months. <laughs> <laughs> Almost three months. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I've been have here you drastically Fortnite. changed in it's... the last three months? <laughs> uh, but it's very, it's it's very um, uplifting because I can see the transformation within me. It's been such a journey, such a great journey, because I've gotten to know the incoming students of two thousand fifteen. I wanted to get to know individually, talking with them, um, and everybody, not just my year, but upperclassmen as well, try to connect with you know individually and. I see all these different energies that they have and how it affects me in a very positive light and um, I'm also uh, took a elective for mind-body medicine where um, that definitely helped me transform myself even more because in that class we learn about different styles of meditation how can how can you take care of yourself and I feel like I'm metaphorically I feel like I'm a lotus lotus flower from a pond, and I just, like, started like, opening up, like, blooming. And I can see that transformation within me. So I always tell my fellow peers and everybody in the OCOM community, you know, stay tuned for Portland Bryan. <laughs> 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 uh, I love that. That is so
0: great. So let's go on to a different question. What do you say to people to explain what we study who don't really understand or have much of a context for it? And I believe we're going to Leah
3: first on that sure, one. Sure, yeah. yeah. Um, I've been faced with this question a lot more recently since starting working in the clinic, right. and I still stumble my way through it most of the time. I try to use metaphors as much as I can. I'm a, I'm a poet in my other life, and so metaphors <laughs> are uh, helpful for me also. And so I talk a lot about weather patterns and oh me too that's yeah. so strange yeah. <laughs> well how, you know because that's I mean without giving a whole Chinese medicine lesson right now the way that we diagnose is through observing nature and what's happening in nature and how that can reflect in our bodies and the terminology that we use is kind of metaphorical in nature when we say something like a wind cold invasion sure. or excess damp accumulation. Like this is basically just saying you have puddles somewhere. How are we going to mop that up? Like <laughs> Right. And right. so explaining it to people in, in that sort of context gives it something relatable because There are a lot of people who just have no idea. They're coming in blind, and they have no idea what you're doing, and they're kind of letting you treat them. And I I mean, I guess when we go to the doctor's office, we're doing the same thing. You know, I I don't understand Western medicine. I do a bit more now, but certainly beforehand I didn't at all. And I'd still go in and trust them. And patients are doing the same thing with us. But yeah, learning... Learning how to explain something to somebody who has no reference point or framework for what you're talking about is tricky. So I find that metaphors provide something of a framework that's helpful.
0: Yeah, I like that a lot. I can recall the last holiday going back to uh, upstate New York and having relatives over And explaining to my uncle (laughs) what the difference is between Chinese medicine and Western medicine. And I think I used a weather (laughs) metaphor, Mm -hmm. something like Western medicine will like use a microscope and look at the molecules and see how they're interacting and what their relationship is. And Chinese medicine prefers to look at the entire sky and Mm -hmm. watch this cloud move over here. And you can isolate certain components of what's happening in the pattern but you can't talk about that one thing without talking about this other thing at the same time. Right. And I think we made a little bit of progress at least.
1: <laughs> Brian, do you want to go next? Sure. Yeah. So I've come across with two types of uh, two types of group of people when I try to explain uh, traditional Chinese medicine, oriental medicine. Uh, it's definitely easy to explain terms of like yin and yang and qi and acupuncture and the meridian points, the meridian channels and all the the terminology to the Asian community because they've been listening and they've been approached with this kind of concept ever since they're young and it's been part of their culture. So when they hear something, it sounds unfamiliar, but to them it's very approachable. So they'll nod their heads like, oh, is that how it is? Tell me more. So they're more receptive and they want to learn more about it. Sure. versus people who are very logical, they need evidence based with the with the medicine that I'm practice that, that I'm about to practice that I'm learning right now, and they they insist upon where is qi That's the first thing they ask. What is qi That's that's very unscientific. How are you supposed to? How are you gonna um, explain me that if you can't give me an evidence based research on what chi is and. They, they say that they still think that it's not medicine or remotely medicine. So that's why learning in OCOM, I want to be able to learn these concepts so that I'm able to explain to those type of group of people. So I'm very attentive to how I can explain to people in that regard because I'm going to meet a lot of those kind of people in the future. So Absolutely. it's still in progress for me. Yeah. Still a learning experience for me too. Yeah, that's a good answer. Mm-hmm.
0: One of our thoughts is to take people on here who have different views of Chinese medicine because one of the things you don't realize when you don't know very much about something is how many different viewpoints there are on that thing. And in our field, <laughs> mm-hmm. there are many different schools of thought and you know, teachers at our school even have very different schools of thought and some of them are very, very much materialistic or more uh, I, I i hate to say that teachers of ours are logical or not logical because mm-hmm. yeah. we do practice a very logical medicine which i think that is, is one of the true. big mm-hmm. um, illusions that people have about chinese medicine but some people relate to it in a in a much more concrete way than other people and i think that's true of our teachers at school even mm-hmm. certain ones Sarah, do you want to say your piece on this?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So when I go to talk about Chinese medicine, I kind of approach it from the vantage point of talking about holistic medicine. And in fact, I actually try not to make the focus necessarily be on acupuncture, just because I think acupuncture has also sort of been um, assimilated by like spas and as sort of like a luxury item rather than an actual therapeutic application. And so, I really try to talk about Chinese medicine as being holistic as treating your whole person, your body, your emotions, your like physical health, your social health, and just as incorporating all of who you are as a person. I tend to think of health also as not being entirely personal, but as being communal, like how how is your health in relating to your family, your friends, your network of people? do you feel comfortable reaching out or do you feel like alone all of the time by choice or not? And so, yeah, I really, I come at it from a holistic standpoint and just try to say this is a medicine that treats all of you um, as opposed to the sort of like segmented Western approach where you see a dermatologist for one thing, a chiropractor for another, you know, a psychotherapist for your emotions. and
0: Very nice. So... Brian kind of led into this uh, final question, (laughs) but um, this is a huge question that almost all of us, well, all of us will have to address at some point. And Leah, you've probably dealt with this already in clinic, I would assume. Um, But the question is, what is qi? And for those of you who aren't too familiar with Chinese medicine, qi is the primary thing that we deal with. It's what we're trying to manipulate when we put in, when, when we do acupuncture um, to a certain extent, it's what we're doing when we're prescribing herbal medicine. Bodywork can have an effect on it. Um, so I think we have Brian for the first explanation of chi. So well, I, let me try to
1: take it away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. So man. my understanding is qi Chi is just qi is everywhere for me. To my to in in my perspective of chi is, it's in within you. It's out there. Chi, um, you know. Verberates out from you it, it it's like a wave it's like an energy there's no specific point where i could say chi is this because it's all-encompassing so for right now that's my understanding of chi and i hope to learn more through learning uh, traditional chinese medicine and if, and for me to explain what she is in in a meta medi- in the medicine kind of way the me- medical kind of way right yeah. sure
0: mm-hmm. Leah, I saw you itching to answer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what, what um, did you got I was
3: for trying. Us? I was trying to because I was thinking about this. I knew we were going to have to answer this question, <laughs> and so I've been like practicing in my head um, <laughs> because this is this is like the the big question, right? And I don't know if any of us have a good answer, but I'll try. I you know so chi gets translated into English a lot as like life force or energy. And I think that's really hokey um, <laughs> sounding. And I think, I think that's why a lot of people are sort of turned off by the idea. Also because it's this intangible thing and it's not evidence-based. And we're trying, so hard to understand this thing, this Eastern thing through a Western science mind. And that doesn't really work. But... Anyway, uh, it is, it is life force and it is energy, but it's more than that. So it's like, yeah, maybe the movement of, of you, like you walking that, that has chi to it, but you yourself has chi to it. My pen here has pen chi. And if I throw my pen, then it has like, throwing pen (laughs) chi and right and so there's there's chi for everything and i've thought about it kind of in terms of like kinetic energy and potential energy and so my still thing it doesn't need to be moving it doesn't need to have force for it to be chi it still is it still has its own chi and then if it is moving if it's falling or something then then it it has a different kind of chi Everything around us has qi. So like when we study herbal medicine, we're learning the qi of that plant and we're learning how to understand the qi of other people and what's going to happen when that person ingests this plant and the qi interacts with each other. Hopefully they get better. Right. Right. And so qi is energy. Qi is life force. Qi is everything. So it's yeah, it's hard it's hard to explain, but that's what I've got so far.
0: Yeah, when we were um, setting this uh, show up, I think it was Sarah who said, "Oh my God, I'm intimidated by that question. And I think that's <laughs> important for people to hear because so many things in Chinese medicine that we learn about, we have basically, we get like a basic understanding of it, maybe like a surface definition of it and then we'll spend the rest of our lives learning about what it actually is. And that doesn't mean we can't treat it if we don't completely understand it, but it is a very difficult thing to explain. And it's probably something that in the end needs to be learned about through experience and continually refined in our definitions about it. Sarah, do you wanna take a stab at the question?
2: Yeah, Yeah? I definitely am intimidated by this (laughs) question. You know, when people ask me what chi is, if they have no relationship to Chinese medicine, I kind of do leave it at being energy. And I don't, I'm not satisfied with that answer. But I do that because I don't really have a better one at this point. And, you know, we have teachers who are like, oh, like, don't call it energy. It's not energy. And I, I believe them. Um, but I think energy gives you the idea that it is something as Brian was saying, both inside of you and outside of you. You know, I've heard that Qi is the vapor that arises from food, food substance when you eat it. I have heard that, you know, in China, when you talk about the weather, you're talking about the Qi in the sky. And so there's all these different lenses through which to look at Qi. And I, I think on some level at the end of the day, the, the question of what Qi is is almost personal. I think it's a little bit different for everybody, and I'm not sure that I have my answer yet.
0: And that's okay.
2: <laughs>
0: Great. I have another question. I think going into school, you hear a lot of things about how difficult the program is, and I was wondering if we could just go around and briefly say what your experience of the, the difficulty of the program is, because I think people are going to be curious about that brian go
1: ahead so the difficulty i am uh, facing even though it's um my first quarter that's good though um learning about this is a very different concept especially um traditional chinese medicine theory trying to grasp the concept of yin and yang and chi it's a different language but ultimately it, it, it benefits in learning about the medicine it's like learning a language and learning a bicycle anything that you're learning it's difficult in the beginning but it gets easier. (laughs) Great. Leah, do you want to give your two cents?
3: Yeah, I think off of what he said, one of the hard things is in the beginning when you're having to sort of break down everything you've known before and set it aside and relearn the body and the concept of medicine with this entire new ideology. I think at this point, endurance is feeling hard to... It definitely goes through ups and downs of when things are harder and easier. I think I think at this point, just sticking with it sometimes feels like a challenging, challenging thing. Like I'm ready for bed, you yeah, know. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, <laughs> um, absolutely.
2: But that's part of it.
0: Sarah, what do you have to say?
2: Yeah, I would say it's definitely demanding, but equally rewarding. And although in the beginning, you really are learning a whole new language and that can be extremely challenging. I think as you go through, you really just develop a whole new lens through which to see the world. And that is very rich.
0: Awesome. Yeah. And my two cents on the issue is that I think the level of difficulty of the program largely has to do with how organized a person is and how um, effectively they're able to get stuff done frequently and the understanding takes time so also to sort of deal with the incoming feelings of overwhelm and maybe like oh I don't understand this and to just be like okay with that for the moment and know that the next day it gets a little bit more understandable Mm -hmm. strangely enough right Mm -hmm. okay so I'm just curious obviously we have people who are at different aspects of the program and Um, So it's my experience that as people move through the program that we're in, they feel more called to certain aspects of the medicine. So that goes twofold, both in the way of treating certain things, people who come in with certain kinds of conditions, and also the way that you treat them. So some people are primarily acupuncturists that do some body work and rarely touch herbal medicine. Some people are primarily herbalists. And in fact, in China, when people go to school and get PhDs, oftentimes it's for herbalism, not acupuncture. So in America, we have this creative blend of people who do different things. And acupuncture is the big thing over here, but it's not, that's not the case in other places. So I, I just like to go around and see. I mean, I don't think uh, Sarah or Brian, you two have started herbs yet. Uh, maybe we can start with Leah, and uh, yeah. and maybe, yeah, let's start there and see where we go.
3: I see myself using acupuncture and herbs primarily. I studied shiatsu massage for two years also, which I really love and and would like to eventually figure out how to incorporate that into my practice. But I feel like acupuncture is pretty profound. I'm totally captivated by herbal medicine. I I like it chills when I study it sometimes because I'm like, this is so That's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Not every time you know it is. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> um, but it's I think having grown up in the Western culture, there is innately something about having something physical that you can hold and touch and see this is, this is how I can take this thing, this is how I can transform this thing, and this is how I can use that to transform someone else. And I suppose you're doing the same sort of thing with needles, but there's something about the way that we do herbal medicine where we can really write a formula that's so tailored to each person I, I always jokingly say that i'm writing potions for people um yeah, because sure. it, it, it really feels like that doesn't yeah it, it really feels like an eye of newt and you know, not really yeah. but <laughs> um close <laughs> and and so it it feels it feels like one of the most tailored and beautiful components to the medicine for me and i i really like getting to work with the plants
0: yeah for sure uh, maybe I'll go next because I think I'm the next in the, in the line of <laughs> people who are through the program. Um, I personally really resonate with herbs as well. I think for people who are really into theory and sort of like the logic of the medicine, like looking at symptoms and then coming up with a pattern <laughs> and then refining the pattern even deeper than just a general like wind cold invasion, well, there's like there's tons of herbs that can be used for that where is it what's it doing how is it affecting the person you know and so herbs like you said can be tailored so specifically to someone's condition and to some degree acupuncture can as well um, however my personal experience with that has not been as detailed as as herbal medicine so um, I agree with the <laughs> interest in herbal medicine. Um, in my own experience, I've just started needling. So I've had some cool experiences with that. And I've been treated with needles before, obviously. Um, but I, I haven't had as profound experiences with that so far.
3: I feel like, can I? Yeah. Can I um, yeah, interject. I feel like I'm just now in clinic starting to really understand needling and what it what it really means to get chi which Absolutely. is what we talk yeah. about being like the objective of needling right. is to get contact with the person's chi and what that feels like. And I, I was in thinking this morning about oh God, how, do you, how do I describe what that is? And I think of it kind of as like it can be d- different depending on where you're needling and who you're needling and how I'm feeling that day. But it, sometimes I, it feels like what I imagine it would be like to turn on a lightsaber mm-hmm. or like the feeling of like a puzzle piece fitting correctly, oh, like finding nice. the right yeah. puzzle piece and setting it in. Oh, and cool. you just like, oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like it's like, I don't know, like throwing a rock down a well sometimes. It, it can feel so different, but it is cool now that I'm like really working with real people, doing actual point protocols and treatments to start to really explore what she feels like as we're kind of in this endeavor to understand what it is.
0: That's awesome Mm. yeah yeah I really appreciate your commentary on that that's cool. Let's see the question was again where do you feel called to in the medicine? This time let's just go with treatment styles. So uh, Sarah do you want to go next? Yeah absolutely
2: I'm really um I do definitely plan on using herbs this year in particular. However, I feel like I felt particularly more called towards acupuncture and massage and sort of like more more modalities where I can practice without needing some sort of exterior like tool or mechanism that I have to have constantly in stock. I like the idea of being able to work with my patients like anywhere for anything with what I have and so actually some of my considerations tend to be practical like where am i getting the herbs that i'm going to be treating my patients with do i feel comfortable importing them so those are sort of my considerations i think when i when i go to think about well how do i want to practice and although i definitely do want to use herbs how i'm going to incorporate them i'm not quite sure about yet
1: brian you want to take the head sure so currently as One of four years. Um, I haven't touched upon herbs yet, or um, a body work, right, like Massage work right. as well. But uh, in the future, I definitely want to incorporate both acupuncture treatment and herbal treatment because it seems very, it just seems very common to me. Because in Korea, especially, Oriental medicine doctors use both. It's a very standard way of practice that you have. They always use both. Yeah. In their treatment, so. I wouldn't see a point. Why not, you know? But right now, currently, because I am not taking, I won't be taking the herb uh, for a long time, I'm actually working at the herbal medicinary as a work study. Mm-hmm. And right now, I'm trying to learn things in osmosis learning. Yeah, so sure. just like looking at the herbs of course I asked permission from the supervisor if I could touch it, smell it, (laughs) maybe take a nibble at it. Um, So I'm definitely learning herbs through osmosis learning. Very nice. Mm -hmm. So
0: we have a concluding question. What would you tell a prospective student of somebody who's thinking of studying Chinese medicine or perhaps somebody who's thinking of going to Ocom in particular? Sarah, do you want to go first?
2: Yeah. You know, I guess I would just say that in studying this medicine, what I feel like I'm really learning how to do is to take care of myself and others as whole people, you know, as opposed to maybe a more Western degree where you're looking at a symptom or a part of the body. And yeah, I think it's taught me how to be more whole and how to, you know, encourage that in other people in my life as well.
1: Brian, you want to go next? Sure. Um... you know, prospective students who want to come in to Ocom or any of the institution that teaches acupuncture and oriental medicine, uh, my advice is that, you know, don't be afraid. It's a very daunting concept, and it could overwhelm you, but know that this medicine is, you know, it's for the people. In, in Korea, before Western medicine came into Korea in our history, acupuncture was always for the people. as always for the common folks. And so, you know, this this medicine has power of compassion and empathy. So know that it's basis of it, and this medicine will definitely be beneficial for you and for the community. Beautiful. Thanks, man. Leah, you want to go?
3: That's an awesome answer. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I think if anyone listening is um, thinking about studying Chinese medicine and coming to Ocom, I would say to Keep in mind a lot of what we've said about personal transformation because studying this medicine is work, and it's it's mental work and it's intellectual work, but it's also spiritual work. It's also personal work, and you, you will grow and you will change, and it's a commitment. It's not something you just do on the side. It, it changes your life, and OCOM is a wonderful community and really supportive place to do that where they provide a lot of really strong clinical skills. And so in my final year, as I reflect, there are definitely struggles going through it, but I I wouldn't change my decision ever.
0: Nice. Very nice. So I hope that this discussion helps our listeners get a better sense of what it's like to be a Chinese medicine student. I'd like to thank our guests, Leah, Brian, and Sarah, for being a part of the show. And so... Thanks for listening to River Map Radio. If you would like more information on pursuing a career in Chinese medicine, please visit www.ocom.edu. We're so honored to have shared this time with you, and uh, we hope you'll join us again soon.